Arizona, Arizona Sports. The local sports, local leader. sports leader. Burns and Gambo. The 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. The top stories of the day presented to you at 4 o'clock every day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. And we start with Monty Williams' rants last night. It wasn't exactly 28 to 5. But it was 46 to 20, and it was a rant nevertheless. The free throw disparity between the Suns and the Lakers last night. 46 for L.A., 20 free throw attempts for the Suns. Had Monty Williams so fed up, he just got up and walked right on out of his postgame press conference. I'm tired of talking about free throws. Our guys have to do their job. We, we understand that. But that that's a huge disparity, 46 free throws. And I'll say it again, 46 to 20. That's it. That's all I got to say. It's a good thing you didn't get up and leave during your 28 to 5 rant. I would have been there at the grocery store doing the show by myself, for goodness sake. I could have left that grocery store right then and there. With the old lady who was telling you to hush while she was buying her prunes in the produce. I would have helped her pack her groceries (laughs) in in the car. I would have helped, you know, bag those groceries and put them in a car for her. Son's lost. Um, Listen, that, that was. Yeah, go ahead. That's his way of, uh, you know, that's his way of showing his anger. I'm tired of talking about these free throws, and I'm sure that was all planned. I'm going to get up. I'm going to walk out. I mean, he's got to try to do something. He obviously doesn't want to get fined and pay the NBA, but, uh, you know, he's upset with it. But this is his team. His team is fouling a lot. They're fouling a lot, and they're getting called for it. Yeah, the Suns lose to the L.A. Lakers last night. Certainly that giant free throw discrepancy was part of it, a big part of it. There were other things that went wrong for the Suns last night, too, as the Suns lose to the Lakers for the first time since that first round of the 2021 playoffs nearly two years ago. Now, we had James Jones on with us earlier, and the Suns GM said, yeah, it's upsetting, but we need to do better. We just gotta be better. We're fouling. They're calling the fouls. We can't control whether or not they they give us free throw attempts, but we can't control whether or not we're giving them up. And that's one thing that was really clear, I thought, from James's conversation with us. I I think he's looking to scale this back down. If if last night was a DEFCON 2, I think he wants to move it back to DEFCON 3 or DEFCON 4, Gambo. Yeah, and and look, clearly this is in the guys' heads. Uh, there are definitely calls that don't go against them. I mean, D'Lo stripped Devin Brooker of the ball when they showed the replay. He got all arms and face, and they didn't call it. So clearly the officiating in the NBA is not good. There's a lot of people besides the Suns that are complaining about it. Uh, but the Suns are not an aggressive team. They don't go to the basket as much as other teams, so they don't get those calls. Other teams go to the basket more, and the Suns, you know, you go back, you look at those plays, and, you know, the vast majority of them are fouls. So I don't know what to tell the Suns outside of what James and Monty tell them. So so for their next game in Sacramento, Dwayne Rankin of AZ Central said DeAndre Ayton will not play after James told us that he is day-to-day. So for the Suns, next up, it's in Sacramento tomorrow and then Philly on the second night of a back-to-back. We don't have any clear picture on when Ayton's going to be back. We don't have any clear picture on when Kevin Durant is going to be back at this point. Yeah, and from the Lakers' standpoint, LeBron James, uh, it was a report that said he might be back soon. He said there wasn't an evaluation today. There hasn't been any target date for my return. I'm working around the clock every day, three times a day. Give myself the best chance of coming back full strength. God bless you all. I'll speak for myself. So LeBron, after a report, said that he's been cleared for on-court activity and he should be back soon. Yep, he kind of backed off of that as well. Meanwhile, from the rest of the NBA last night, just a straight-up weird sequence of events last night, that Mavs-Warriors game. There was confusion regarding whose basketball it was. 
Golden State takes it out and scores the bucket. I mean, they inbounded Cavani. Nobody was there. Dallas wasn't ready. He slam dunked it home. But it almost looked as though Dallas was defending the wrong basket. It was so confusing. It's to the point where Steve Kerr even said, I, I had to double check just to make remind myself, were we at the right end of the floor? They inbounded. There were no Dallas defenders on that side of the floor. They got an easy Kavon Lunig dunk. And now Mavs owner Mark Cuban says he's going to file a protest to the NBA because the Mavs lost to the Warriors last night. 127-125, a loss that for now has put Dallas in ninth in the Western Conference. Yeah, Golden State at, at as sixth. So they avoid. That's a big win for the Warriors because they avoid the play-in with that win. They're a game ahead of the T-Wolves and Oklahoma City Thunder. But they're also just... You know, one game out of passing the Clippers to get into the five spot, which would set up a possible Suns-Warriors matchup in the first round. Yeah, it's quite possible that is going to happen. This also just ensues since we were just talking about DeAndre Ayton a second ago. Dwayne Rankin from his Twitter account says Ayton will also not play Saturday against Philadelphia. So no DeAndre Friday against Sacramento. No DeAndre Saturday against Philadelphia. Kevin Durant. You lose both of those games you got 36 losses. That would be tied with the Warriors for 6th in the West. And you're inching closer and closer to play-in territory. It's getting a little tight for the Suns right now. We've got new reports on the teams that are linked to trade for Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. Those reports came from NFL veteran Pac-Man Jones today. He was on the Pat McAfee show. What we're hearing from Pac-Man source says, feels like Buffalo Bills fans have a reason to be excited, mm-hmm. but Falcons fans... I guess in Ravens fans in Raiders fans should know they're in In. anybody else Patriots fan five teams listed Gambo he just rattled them off there a second ago the Bills the Patriots the Raiders the Falcons and the Ravens Pac-Man Jones, who actually facilitated D-Hop's appearance on McAfee's show, so he obviously knows him, says he's leaning more towards the Bills or the Ravens at this point for D-Hop. Wow. So it really may come down. Listen, I would think that five teams would get you the second-round pick. Wouldn't you think that the more teams that are interested for DeAndre Hopkins, one of those teams will say, look, I'll give you the late second because I don't want to lose him to those other teams. Yeah, you would think. You would think. Cardinals made another minor free agent move today. They signed linebacker Josh Woods to a one-year deal. Mostly a special teams player with Detroit last year. He was named one of their six captains. Went on to appear in a career-high 17 games. The vast percentage of his snaps came on special teams. Finished the year with a career-best 14 tackles on special teams. So again, very minor move for the Arizona Cardinals today. Yeah, five-year veteran, blow up among special teams. You know, with the Bears from 18 to 21, the Lions for two years, was a rookie free agent out of the University of Maryland in 2018. So, uh, just a, a special teams guy. Those guys are valuable. So, just uh, just a special teams guy they had. Alabama quarterback and potential number one overall pick, Bryce Young, threw at Alabama's pro day today. He did not weigh in and will stand on his 204-pound weigh-in from the scouting combine. Plus, potential third-round, third-overall pick, I should say Will Anderson Jr. was there, didn't do anything. He was asked about teams' interest in him at multiple positions on the field. Yeah, I talked to quite a few teams, um, but I think just being in Alabama and just how versatile they made me, you know, whatever system I be in, I feel like I'm going to be good playing a 3-4 outside linebacker, playing with my hand in the dirt. Most of all the teams I talked to said you can do both, and they were really excited about me. Do you have any other private workouts coming up after this, or just a lot of meetings? I have zero private workouts and zero (laughs) meetings, so I just be 
here working out. Does that mean he knows where he's going, Gambo? That he has no... no I might be. I, you know, listen, I mean, when you know, I mean, the Cardinals say, look, we're taking you at three. Like, you're not getting past us at three. I mean, we see this in basketball all the time when a guy gets a promise deal. He doesn't need to go work out for anybody else. You don't need to do anything. I mean, if the Cardinals said we're taking you at three or if we trade down to four, we'll take you, but we're not going anywhere past that, then, you know, then, you know, you, you don't need to go work out for anybody that's behind them. You don't need to go work out for a team. Like, you, you'd just be wasting your time. Around the rest of the NFL, former Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott has narrowed down his options about where to play in 2023. Apparently, it's down to the Eagles, the Jets, or the Cincinnati Bengals. That, according to that Adam many Schefter. teams want him. That many teams want him. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Your... There's three teams that want him. Three teams. I mean, look, two of which are very good, and the third expecting to be good when they get Aaron Rodgers. So those are that's some high level competition that might be looking at Ezekiel Elliott. But if you can just get him on a one-year deal, maybe that shouldn't be that much of a surprise. What a, a, a an interesting story, nearly tragic story. Tight end Foster Moreau has been diagnosed with Hodgkin lymphoma and is stepping away from football. He was only diagnosed because he was taking a physical conducted by the Saints medical staff. They discovered the illness. He visited with the Saints in New Orleans, visited with the Bengals last week. He's retiring from the game because, as luck would have it, he was taking this physical to sign with the Saints as a player, as a free agent, and they discovered that he had lymphoma and needed to undergo treatment. So a lucky catch for him in that regard. Wow. Fourth round draft pick by the Raiders in 2019. He had uh, 420 yards, two scores on 33 catches in 15 games last year for the Raiders. I mean... You know, played alongside Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson while he was at LSU. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's great that they caught that so he can concentrate on, on trying to get better. Sweet 16 is underway. Three and a half minutes go. to go in the first half. Third seed K-State is beating seventh seed Michigan State 30-26 to 26 right now. Tipping off in about five minutes. It's four seed UConn versus eight seed Arkansas. The game's coming up tonight. Ninth seeded Florida Atlantic taking on the four seed Tennessee and clearly the game of the day and maybe the game of the round. Third seed Gonzaga taking on second seed UCLA, a rematch of their final four classic. I've been perfect in the West. I have no games wrong in the West. Me either. So who do you have tonight in the West then? I have UConn over Arkansas, UCLA over Zaga. I have UConn over Arkansas as well. I have Gonzaga over UCLA and I too have been perfect in the West. Haven't missed a single game, so we will we will split on that tonight. We'll see what happens there. Other MLB news real quick. Philadelphia Phillies first baseman Reese Hoskins carted off the field today. A non-contact injury to his left knee. Haven't seen a recent diagnosis, but it looked didn't look good. It didn't look like a gruesome injury, but the way he was rolling around on the field and had to be carted off was not a good sign at all. And St. Louis Cardinals right-hander Adam Wainwright going to be out several weeks. He suffered a groin strain while weightlifting in between games at the World Baseball Classic. Wainwright's going to be out for a while for St. Louis. Yeah, I did see that Thompson, uh, the Phillies manager, Rob Thompson, said that Hopskins was walking around the clubhouse afterwards. Okay, well, maybe that's a good sign. So they're waiting results, but that he was walking around, and they thought that that was a good sign. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, if you haven't heard Monty Williams' full press conference in all of its glory, he went all in on the officiating. You'll hear what he had to say next on the Burns and Gambo show. 
Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Here it is in all of its glory. Monty Williams last night. I, I spoke with Joe last week. I can sit here and rant and rave about what I feel like is not a fair whistle. It's just not. With the 46 free throws, we're doing the same. We're attacking the rim. I'm getting explanations about um, we're taking too many jump shots, mid-range jump shots. Like it, we're playing a physical game. They had 27 free throws in the first half. They end up with 46. When do you see a game with 46 free throws for one team? Like that's that's just not that's not right. I don't care how you slice it. It's happening to us too much. Other teams are reaching. Other teams are hitting, and we're not getting the same call. And I'm tired of it. It's just it's old. 46 to 20 free throws with Devin Booker on our team. He gets 12. Josh gets, I mean, that our bench had no free throws. That's just, I'm over it. Been talking about the same thing for a while. It doesn't matter what team it is. Last game, Shea gets, nine, I think he had 19 free throws. And it's old. I'm, I'm tired of talking about free throws. Our guys have to do their job. We, we understand that. But that, that's a huge disparity. 46 free throws. And I'll say it again, 46 to 20. That's it. That's all I got to say. And with that press conference over, Monty got up, walked out, and only for the second time in his career as the Suns head coach, he angrily walked off the podium and didn't take any questions after a Suns game. The last time it happened was back in the 2020-2021 season after they got off to an 8-8 eight eight start. He wasn't happy with his team's effort that night against Oklahoma City. Got up and left there after not taking any questions. It's only the second time it's happened. That's how upset he was at 46-20 to last night. Yeah, but he seems to be more upset with the officials than he is with his own team, right? Yes, does. Very much so. I mean, yeah, I mean, it seems to be very upset with the officials. Like, we're not getting the calls. Devin Booker only went 12 times. When do you ever see 46 free throws in a game? I mean, it was a team last night. Toronto got 39. I mean, that's not 46, but there is 39. On, on most nights, you'll see a team get 20 to 25 free throw attempts. You know, that's probably about the norm. The average is, is, is 20 to 25. 46 is a lot. Um, but the Suns are not a very good defensive team. I think ever since Mikhail Bridges left, we're seeing that. I mean, he covered up a lot of their weaknesses. They We've got a lot of guys that are swiping at balls and fouling. And, you know, last night you had Bismack Biombo went to the bench very early in the game with two quick fouls. They were fouls. They were fouls. So I don't know if he's more upset with the fact that the Suns are not getting to the free throw line as much as other teams or that they're getting called more for fouls than other teams yeah. are. I mean, whatever it is, I mean, it's distracting from what the real story is. And the real story is that this team's not playing very good basketball. And I don't know if this is meant to be a distraction to get everybody's attention off of it. The Suns are struggling. They've lost five out of six. They're two and five without Kevin Durant. That's the story. The story isn't the free throw shooting. That's more of a distraction than anything else. The Suns don't take it to the basket as much as everybody else. You pointed it out earlier. They're not one of the teams that takes it to, into the hole as much as, as the average team does in the NBA. No, the Suns are, and this is data that, that Kellen Olsen had in his story on ArizonaSports.com. The Phoenix Suns, in, in a 30-team NBA, they are 20 sixth in the NBA in drives per game. The number of time they drive the lane. They're 26th. Only four teams are worse. The Suns are dead last in the NBA in the percentage of shots they take at the rim. Dead last. And and 
exciting Devin Booker. Devin Booker got to the foul line 12 times last night. Devin Booker was was getting fouled plenty last night and was being rewarded for it with trips to the line last night. Nobody else was for the Suns, but then nobody else quite does it the way Devin Booker does. In fact, really nobody does it on this roster the way Devin Booker does outside of Josh Okogie, and he went to the line six times last night. So if you're asking the question, is he complaining about which part of it is he upset about, the 46 or the 20? I don't know the answer to this, but but what I do know is that before the game, Monty felt like he was kind of backing things off a little bit. It was a different message. We've got to stop fouling. We have to have foul awareness. In the pregame, it sounded like he was putting the onus on his team. In the postgame, it sounded like he was putting the onus on the refs. You know, And I, I, I get it. 46 to 20 free throw disparity, that's going to frustrate everybody. 46 is a lot. 46 is a big number. We all watched that game last night. Some of them were really, really bad calls. No one denies that. Some of them were also fouls. I recall a moment in particular early on in that game. Devin Booker picked up one early in the first quarter. And EJ, Eddie Johnson, said something like, why is Devin Booker slapping at the ball like that? There's no need to slap at it there. There's no reason for him to try to make a play there. Just move on and and live to fight another day rather than reaching your hand out there and picking up something kind of dumb and kind of silly. And, and I'm not saying that happens every single time, but it, it, it feels like this is more so a Suns problem than it is a referee problem when it comes to this particular team, this particular moment, whether you're upset about 46 or whether you're upset about 20. Yeah, and again, I think that all the attention now, everybody's just focusing on the free throws and the disparity and not focusing on the turnovers when the Suns have got 31 turnovers in the last two games that have led to 58 points. Not talking about the struggles with the rotation as Monty can't seem to figure out who should play and who shouldn't play. I mean, there's a lot of issues with this basketball team, but I think a lot of attention's just being pushed towards that free throw thing because that's what they're complaining about. That's what Monty's complaining. He's not complaining about the seven turnovers Devin Booker had last night. He's talking about the Devin Booker's not getting the calls. Well, there was a play in the second quarter where D'Lo hammered him and, uh, and and stripped the ball from him, but he didn't really strip the ball because he hit his arm and he hit his face and the refs didn't call it. Yeah, it happens. Like, it happens. The Suns are not getting every call that they should get. Um, but I think that the problem is more is more with their fouling than I than I think it's them going to the line because they don't go to the line, right? That we That's just a proven fact. They don't go to a lot, the line a whole lot. It's a style of play. They don't shoot a lot of threes. They don't drive to the basket. They're a very much mid-range jump-shooting team. But as far as them fouling all the other guys, I mean... Look, you're without DeAndre Ayton right now. You don't have Mikhail Bridges. Your defense is not what it was last year. And yes, they are committing a lot of these fouls. Yeah, they are. And I think defensively, they're really lost right now. And I think they're, especially with no DeAndre out there, and since the Mikhail Bridges trade, you're talking about two of their defensive anchors who aren't out there. Yes, Josh Okogie is good. But I, I think there's a little bit of flailing going on right now defensively for the Phoenix Suns where they're just kind of trying anything because defensively, they've been terrible these last few games. I mean, just giving up points at a rate that is not conducive to winning basketball games at all. And I I don't know if Monty's trying to distract us from the other issues going on or if the team is trying to distract us. I I think they're genuinely frustrated. And and again, make sure I'm clear about this. Anytime there's a game where there's that big of a discrepancy, people are going to be upset and coaches are going to get upset and players are going to get upset. That that in and of itself is not just a Suns thing. But I do think the excessive amount of complaining about it 
it and conversation about it that's been going on in the last week, it is not productive. I mean, it, it, it's just not it's not helping anything. It's it maybe helps you feel better about getting that stuff off your chest. But in terms of winning basketball games, of turning this thing around, complaining about the officiating does nothing to help the problem. Nothing. No, they got out-rebound. They got a free throw line, not out-rebound, a free throw line. When they played Sacramento, Sacramento 37, the Suns 22. When they played the Bucks, Bucks 37, Suns 16. And last night with the Lakers. These are big disparities. Like, nobody's, nobody's saying it's not. Like, the, Sacramento had 15 more free throws. The Bucks had 21 more free throws. And what was it last night? 25? 26 more free throws. 26 more free throws. Okay, it's a problem. I mean, that's an issue. There are a lot of other problems out there. Um, but that's that's definitely one of the problems. And I don't know if, you know, is, is Monty trying to get the officials to be more aware of it? Because, look, you send it in. Like, we talked to James Jones about it. Every team does it. You go through plays. You see it. They missed it. You send it in. They acknowledge it. They tell the refs to be better, and then you move on. And the refs don't ever really seem to get better. Matter of fact, the guy that the the guy that Van Vliet went off on actually got demoted. Got like demoted, right? Been, yeah, he got demoted. Yeah, got demoted. So, like you know, they'll they'll reprimand their referees if they're not doing a good job. Like, it's a very hard game to officiate, but the Suns have to do a better job of staying in front of their man, not swiping at the ball and hitting arms. Because got, usually, when you swipe at the ball, it's very rarely that you're just going to get all ball. Typically, typically, it's very rare. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone and your Android, and you will not miss our show. The Burns and Gambo Show is brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com and start packing. Speaking of packing, is DeAndre Hopkins packing right now, headed up to Buffalo? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, before we update everybody on what's going on with DeAndre Hopkins and where he might end up, let's first update everybody on our Twitter poll question of the day. Suns lose again. That's five of six. And hanging on in the West by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin. Let's get an update on our Twitter poll question with Eric Ruby. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Rubes, what you got? Well, the Suns are dealing with a lot of problems right now. In fact, so many that Doug Howler at the Athletic pointed out five big concerns from them. So we're stealing four and putting them in a poll today, asking which ones you are most concerned about. Your options are their inconsistent rotation, their breakdowns defensively, foul issues, and the one that a lot of people are going for: the health of. KD. Yeah, it's uh, it's the health of KD because he's the one he solves a lot of the problems when he comes back. Not that he plays, you know, he better. He, he, well, if he doesn't, this season's going to be over in a big hurry if he's not going to solve a lot of these problems. So, when forced to pick our second option, if we can all agree that it's just missing KD and making sure he stays when he gets back, I go with the defense. Uh, it's been it's been really bad this last week and a half or so. So, and I think that's what leads to the fouls in part because they're kind of covering up for the fact of how bad they've been. Yeah, I think it's the KD health. Um, 
Absolutely, that's you know that's number one. But the, the defensive breakdowns would probably be number two because there's just been so many of them that you know you watch that game last night. How many easy open three point looks did the Lakers have? How many times did D'Lo with a crossover go by somebody and score with the ease? So the defensive breakdowns would be my my biggest one after KD. Rubes and the people reflect what you guys are saying. Leading the way at fifty point two percent is the health of KD being their biggest concern, but in second place at twenty four point five it is the breakdowns defensively then following at 15.9% is the rotation 9.4% says the issue's fouling alright that's the poll question you can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo one word is where you can find that uh, we're all sitting waiting watching thinking something's going to happen with DeAndre Hopkins at some point soon we had a poll question a couple of days ago when exactly this is going to happen enter the Buffalo Bills now Gambo as the late and this really kind of started yesterday at the very end of our show um, there you found a story about an Instagram story that D Hop posted and then deleted in which he quoted the Bob Marley song Buffalo Soldier and it's D Hop in a car like he's driving somewhere it's like shot from behind the car and the fact right, that he used the leaving. word Buffalo Soldier makes everybody think that he's leaving to Buffalo that's it's been the speculation nonstop ever since we saw that post well, and then he followed Josh Allen on Instagram. There's that too, yes. Hey, follow Josh Allen on Instagram. Like, I don't know too many songs with the word Buffalo in it. Um, Buffalo girls going round the outside, round the outside, and then this one would be the only ones that I know. So, um, but he found, I mean, I don't know if he had to dig deep to, I mean, is that is that a super popular song? Or do you got to dig deep to find that, that Buffalo song? Uh, I, it, I hear it from time to time. I don't think you had to dig too okay. deep to get it. Yeah, no, that's that's. Yeah, you don't think he's sitting there and be like, oh, man, I got to mess with everybody on social media today. What's a song that has to do with Buffalo? (laughs) But maybe, maybe I don't think. Look, if it were just messing with people because of Buffalo, I I don't think it would have had this backing it up. Now, this is Pac-Man Jones, and and I'm going to assume here and I don't know this for sure. I'm going to assume that when Pac-Man Jones says he's got a source on this, his source is actually DeAndre Hopkins. But when Pac-Man Jones was on the Pat McAfee show today, he laid out the five teams that he thinks that DeAndre Hopkins could go to. Here's what he said about that. What we're hearing from Pac-Man source says, feels like Buffalo Bills fans have a reason to be excited. Mm -hmm. Falcons fans, I guess, in. Ravens fans, in. Raiders fans should know they're in. in. Anybody else? Patriots fans. Oh, what? Bills, Patriots, Raiders, Falcons, Ravens. Later okay, in. Then why are you not getting a second round pick? How are you not getting a second round pick if there's five teams that have interest? That's a great point. I go to the. I give me give me the five teams again. Bills, Patriots, late second, Raiders, late second. yeah, Raiders. Okay, uh, mid Falcons. And the Ravens. Early second. Early second. Where's the... F- and who's the last one? Ravens. The Ravens. Okay. So how many of those teams have a better... How many of those teams have a better third-round pick than Buffalo? Every one of them? Um, let's see here. You caught me off guard with that one. I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry. No, but that's how many fine. Teams that's fine. Atlanta certainly does. Baltimore does. Who else am I looking for? Uh, I'm looking for the Ravens. Let's. No, I already said the Ravens. Um, I'm looking for okay the P. 
Patriots. Give me a minute here. You, 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 again, you copy. The Patriots have a better one. So if we're looking at the third they round. They all have them. They all have them. They all, they all have better okay. than so the why would I Bills. take? So why would I take a third round pick from Buffalo? I'll take some, like if I'm if I'm dealing Buffalo's dealing from a position of like weakness. Their third round pick is the worst out of everybody's third round pick. So if there truly is this much interest in Hopkins, and just follow along here, if there truly is five teams that have interest in him, I you know. I got to go to a second if I'm Buffalo. I got to give you my late second because that trumps everybody else's third. I can't give you my late third because it's the worst. If all these other teams are going to offer you a third, you're going to get a better third from somebody else than you are from me. So if I'm Buffalo, that's why like, I don't understand why you can't get Buffalo's second-round pick. I would love it if you could get Buffalo's second-round pick. Buffalo's second-round pick right now is sitting at number 59. Works for me. Okay. Worse for me. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, like, if the third-round picks, they have the worst of the third-round picks of all those teams that I mentioned. Now, I don't know for sure that all those teams are interested in Hopkins. This is what just Pac-Man Jones is saying. These five teams have interest in Hop. Okay, great. Well, if all things are equal, the Buffalo Bills' third-round pick is not worth anything compared to the other ones. The other ones are worth more. So Buffalo's going to have to go higher than that. They're either going to have to say, look, I'll give you a third third and a fifth or I'll give you my second in order to get it. They just they probably can't do it alone with just their third round pick if these other teams' interest is real. If these other teams' interest is real, and if DeAndre Hopkins, because remember what we talked about yesterday too, DeAndre Hopkins does have a certain measure of control in this. Not a ton, but he's got a certain measure of control. He doesn't have a full-on no-trade clause. He lost that when he tested positive for PEDs, but what he does have is the ability and the willingness to restructure a contract to choose to go somewhere, and that's that almost goes hand in hand with any DeAndre Hopkins deal. There's going to be a restructuring of his contract. There has to be. He's he's going to want more guaranteed money. The team that acquires him isn't going to want a thirty million dollar cap hit. You've got to work with DeAndre Hopkins to get that. And in order to do that, he's got to want to go there. So there is a little bit of an element of where he wants to go. That's part of this too. You know that that has to be factored in if he you know which is why it is important for other teams to be mentioned so it maintains a sense of leverage for the Cardinals in all of this. Um, it, it, it Buffalo, from a football standpoint, it by far makes the most sense. And I mean by far. That's a desperate team. That's a team that has to win a Super Bowl here sometime in the next couple of years and needs to do everything they can to win a Super Bowl sometime in the next couple of years because not that the clock is ticking on Josh Allen, but the clock is ticking on that whole organization. They haven't won, they're they're desperate to win one. Much like Jerry Jones was desperate to win one since it's been 30 okay. years since his last. Flip it. it makes all the sense in the world for him to go there. Flip it. Flip flip the question. Desperate. But Bills are desperate. I get it. I agree with you. The Bills are desperate. They haven't won a Super Bowl. They've been a four of them. They lost. Scott Norwood, wide right. I lived through it. I know. Okay. We've all watched it. We've seen it. Flip it. How desperate are the Cardinals to get rid of Hopkins? I think they're desperate. Don't you think? Because that's another factor. Yeah. They're, I, they're desperate. He, he, they're in a rebuild. The, the DeAndre Hopkins is useless to them. I, I mean, he's he's their best football player, but he's useless to them because they're in the, they're in a rebuild. They don't they don't need DeAndre Hopkins. They don't want him taking up thirty one million dollars. Who's going to th- Colt McCoy's going to throw to him? David Blau's going to throw to him for the first half of the season? It, it's a he, he's a he's a part that they don't need anymore. I would th- I, I don't think they're as desperate as the Bills are to acquire him, but I think they're desperate to move him. Don't you think? 
I think they are desperate, and that's where the other part of the equation comes in. It's not just how desperate is the team to get him. How desperate is Arizona to move him? Because if, they, if everybody knows Arizona is desperate that they've got to move him, you know that could be some leverage for them. You have to move the guy. Like you know, you have how many times we've we seen it in the NBA when you've got to move a guy, he's demanded a trade, and how much does that affect his value? You know, the Cardinals haven't come out and said it, and but if we believe that the Cardinals are desperate, they got to get off the contract. They got to free up the cap space. They don't want to pay a guy for two years when they're going to be rebuilding. There is a level of desperate desperation from the Cardinals that may be leading to the fact that we're here right now and there hasn't been a trade done yet because nobody's willing to give the Cardinals what they think the fair fair market value is. Yeah, and and I, I, that desperation, it's it's the worst kept secret in the world, it seems like at this point, that the Cardinals are going to move DeAndre Hopkins. And and that leverage the other teams have over them, that's a really good point. And, and I have what the Cardinals, how they reckon that, what they walk away with this from, I don't know. But if Pac-Man Jones is really right and there's five suitors for D-Hop, I would think that would help and I would think that this is coming to a resolution soon but man we've been saying that for two weeks so maybe there isn't a resolution coming to this soon I don't know I it's I I thought this thing was going to be done by now it is not done Gambo it is not done yeah and I I, if there's five teams that are interested it's going to get done yeah if if that's true it is going to get done it's that's you're not going to get to the draft to be like DeAndre Hopkins is still on his team somebody's going to trade for him legendary voice of the Suns Al McCoy has announced his retirement and we want to hear from you text Al to six twenty six twenty. submit a video a thank you Al message we might even play it on the air text the word Al to six twenty six twenty. when we come back if you want to feel eh, a little better Suns fans rest assured with this you're not the only one's gripe about the officiating. That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, so before we get into the other officiating controversy in the NBA right now, I was even looking up at the screen on PTI about an hour ago. They were debating which officiating controversy was a worse look for the NBA. What happened with the Suns last night or what happened with the Mavs? Before we get into that, um, let's quickly tell everybody what happened last night in the NBA and where the Suns kind of stand. Because we, we know the Suns have lost five of their last six. We know it's a struggle. We also learned today that DeAndre Ayton has been ruled out for the Kings game and the Sixers game. That Kevin Durant has also been ruled out for the Kings game and the Sixers game. That's a back-to-back set on Friday and Saturday. So it, it thinks it's got a little bit tougher for the yeah, Suns. they could lose... Go ahead. Yeah, and so they could be on what? Uh, they could lose both of those games. And that would give them 36 losses? Yes. Yes, that would. And if Golden State doesn't lose, then you're 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 tied for. I'm about to look at the standings here again. I got it right You'd here. Be tied in front for of me. Six, you could be tied for sixth place. Yeah, you could be. Right now, the Suns have 34 losses. Let's just use the loss column because um, that's what okay. that's, it's Gambo's language. We're talking Gambo's language here. 34 losses. The Phoenix Suns have right now. They're in fourth. The Clippers are one loss back, one game back in the loss column with 35. They're fifth. The Golden State Warriors right now are two games back in the loss column. They're sixth. Yes, to your point, if the Suns lose the next game against the next two games against the Kings and the Sixers, which they very well might, given that it's a back-to-back and the guys they're missing, now there are 36 losses. They're in danger of plummeting even further. 
Golden State's at six with 36 losses. Suns have 34. Minnesota is seventh with 37 losses. Oklahoma City is eight. They have 36 losses, but their win percentage has them at 500. They're in eighth right now. The Mavs have 37 losses. They're ninth. The Lakers have 37 losses. They're tenth. You see where I'm going with this. A couple more losses, and you potentially, depending on what the Clippers do and what the Warriors do and everybody down there from five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Depending on what happens over the next couple of days with them, the Suns, we could wake up on Sunday morning and the Suns are in sixth. We could wake up on Sunday morning and the Suns are in seventh, depending on what happens around them. It's They're entering a very potentially dangerous stretch of their season right now. Yeah, there's no more margin for error. The margin for your one get your one game out of not having home court advantage. You're not getting you're not getting to two or three. That's that's gone. That's over with. You're seven games behind Memphis. Memphis won last night. John Moran came back. He had 17 off the bench. Jaron Jackson Jr. had a season high 37. They didn't even have Dylan Brooks last night. They beat Houston. Not a good team, but uh, but they're playing really good basketball right now. So they won four straight. So Memphis has got you know Memphis is you're not catching Memphis. You're not catching Sacramento. We all agree. Now you're at four, but you're talking about three games separates you from being in 13th place. Yep. Because you've got 34 losses. The Clippers have 35. The Warriors and the Oklahoma City Thunder have 36. And here's the teams with 37. Minnesota, Dallas, the Lakers, the Jazz, the Pelicans all have 37. A little bit of a losing streak right here, and I'm, and 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 what your greatest fear was that was a, I never really thought that they would fall that far. I thought they'd win some of these games. I figured you got Devin Booker, you'll win, you got Chris Paul, you'll win some of these damn games. They're not. So your fear is becoming more and more reality, especially if they lose these next two games. Falling to seventh, that was always my biggest fear. Um, now I, the hope is that Kevin Durant will come back soon enough. DeAndre Ayton will come back soon enough to kind of pull them out of this nosedive, level the plane off a little bit, and not fall to seventh to be able to avoid that, to win enough games to keep yourself out of that. But not knowing when that's going to happen has caused a little bit of alarm. Now, I, I, I think I think there's a sweet spot to be found here, and we've talked about this a few times on the show, and I think the sweet spot might actually be finishing in sixth if you're the Suns. Now, that might be... You know, it's threading the needle. But if you can finish six and now you're playing Sacramento in the first round and and you sent over a really good story today, I thought that kind of pointed out some of the strengths of Sacramento and why you might not want to play them. And yet some of the weaknesses of Sacramento and why they might be the perfect first round matchup. There is an advantage to finishing sixth, even though you don't have home court advantage, because you're probably going up against a team in Sacramento that simply lacks the experience that all the other teams you could potentially be matching up with. But any fall to sixth, and you are on the doorstep of seventh. And if you're seventh, you could be out after two games in the playoffs. You you could catch a hot team in the first play-in game, catch a hot team in the second play-in game, and you're done. And and, and I don't know if anyone wants to risk that. Listen, there's... The Kings are kind of the Kings are kind of scary in some ways. Now I know you look at them and you don't fear them, right? The last time they were in the playoffs, the Aaron Fox was eight years old. He was eight. 
the top 10 players in the Kings rotation, they played a combined, combined top 10 players, 113 playoff games. So there's not a lot of experience there. But one thing that they pointed out, I thought that was fascinating. The Kings have played six times where, because the NBA's got this schedule now where you play a team back to back, right? You'll play them two times in a row. So they've done that. They've done it against Oklahoma City, Dallas, Houston, Minnesota, Denver. So they've done it. On the first, and this is what they point out, and this is what I think kind of both off of the Kings. Because, in this, you know, when you're playing the team, you know, back-to-back, you can make, you know, more, you know, more adjustments. You've seen them. Now you, you, you adjust to them. The first time they played these teams, they went 3-3 three and three in the first game of the two-game series. The second time they played these teams, they're 6-0. and 6-0. Oh. Oh. So they adjusted. So, yeah, they beat Oklahoma City. They beat that Dallas, they beat Houston, they beat Minnesota, they beat Houston again, and they beat Denver. So on the second game of back-to-backs, after going 3-3 three and three in the first game, they went 6-0. and oh. that, that points out something that's interesting about that Sacramento. Like, they're, they're well-coached, they, they made the adjustments, and they shut everybody out the second time they played them. So, you know, again, be careful what you wish for sure. with Sacramento. They may be a lot better than we give them credit oh, for. Oh, sure. I might rue the day that I ever suggested I wanted to play Sacramento or I wanted the Suns to play Sacramento. I guess I'm, just, I'm comparing them to everybody else in the field. And, and to me, that's, that's the reason why I target them, is I, I'm comparing them to Golden State. I'm comparing them to the Clippers. Uh, and I'm just thinking there's a vulnerability from that lack of experience they've got that makes me want to play them. I'm not saying it's a perfect matchup or it's a great matchup or it's an easy matchup. It's just in comparison to everybody else. It seems like the one if you can get. But again, I don't know if I don't know if wanting Sacramento is worth the ulcer that we're all going to get watching the Suns fall to six and try to stay out of seventh. I, I just don't know if that's if that in and of itself is worth it to be able to play Sacramento. I'd rather the Suns just win as many games as they can and not risk the idea idea of falling in the playing tournament. And for the record, I don't think they're going to be in the playing tournament. But depending on what happens over the next 72 hours, we could come in here on Monday and they're just going to be a whole lot closer to that than we thought. Um, Minnesota won last night. They got Carl Anthony Towns back. Uh, Golden State beat Dallas last night. So after that 11-game road losing streak, they've now won back-to-back games on the road. Steph Curry gave them 20 points. And of course, there was officiating controversy in that one. A basket that was allowed in the game when Dallas thought they had possession, Golden State thought they had possession. The refs didn't bother to tell Dallas that it was Golden State's ball, so they just easily inbounded the ball and they got a dunk from Kevon Looney and, and Dallas after the game protested. Mark Cuban's going to follow protests with the league. It was an absolute mess. If you're looking at tonight's game, The big game on the slate in the NBA is the rematch, if you will, between the Thunder and the Clippers. Those two teams played a couple of nights ago. It was the game that Paul George got hurt in. Now he's out for two to three weeks. Thunder and the Clippers tonight. That one's big because Oklahoma City is basically the only team in the West playing decent ball these last couple of weeks. They've won eight of their last ten games. Everybody else is kind of floundering around 500 right now. How much of a charge does Oklahoma City make? Or do the Clippers hold them off and put that pressure on the Suns? depending on what happens in these back-to-back games. That's the key game to watch in tonight's NBA. Yeah, it's it's so hard to sit here now and try to figure out who you want to play. But I, I, I guess if we're playing that game, I would I think I'd want to avoid a, a Warriors matchup 4-5. 
Um, I, I normally would have said avoid the Clippers because of George and Kawhi, but with Paul George being hurt, I think it's the Warriors now that I would want to not play. But can you make an argument that Oklahoma City Thunder, even though they're they're super young, is is a team that you don't want to play? That they could be a dangerous team come playoff time? You could, but and we'll talk about this more in the next segment. That's that's the kind of team that if you've got Kevin Durant, I'm not that scared of. I'm just not. I mean, without Kevin Durant, okay, yeah, but no one's expecting that come playoff time. With Kevin Durant, I don't know if I'd really fear Oklahoma City. I don't know if I would, but I think I could say that about just about every team in the West right now. Um, they're the hot team. Well, I'll say this. I'll say this. These next two games are very difficult, Sacramento-Philly. When, when this stretch started... Sacramento, Golden State, Milwaukee, Orlando, Oklahoma City, and the Lakers. I didn't expect the Suns to go one and five. So I thought that they'd win some games here. So I'm wrong because I did think they'd win some of these games. You know, maybe not Sacramento and Golden State and Milwaukee, but I I, I would have thought that they would have beat Oklahoma City, that they would have beat the Lakers um, because they do have Devin Booker, and he's one of the better players, you know, in the league. But they haven't been winning these games, and these next two are extremely difficult as well. So, I don't know. I did think that they'd find a way to win some games, Burnsy, but so far they haven't been able to do it. There is a lot more than just a lack of foul calls to be concerned about when it comes to the Suns right now. What are the other things to be worried about? Well, there's a long list. We'll run through them next on the Burns and Gambo Show.